Welcome to the Blue Skies Political Podcast. I'm Aaron O'Toole, the Member of Parliament for Durham. And to kick off summer, I'm sitting down with Aaron O'Toole, but not the one who is the Member of Parliament for Durham. The House of Commons has risen for the session, a session with its highs and lows. Certainly there was a low part for me, but this interview is a high part. I made a friend in Aaron O'Toole in the United States with our shared namesake and the fact that her Twitter followers grew over the last few years when I was the Conservative leader. So this is a lighthearted chat, Aaron O'Toole to Aaron O'Toole about politics, life, Canada-US relations, and everything else in between. There will still be high-level, serious content on the Blue Skies Political Podcast over the course of this summer, but I really enjoyed this interview with Aaron O'Toole, so I thought we'd kick off summer in a really fun way. And I want to wish you and your family a great summer. So here's my Blue Skies podcast with Aaron O'Toole by Aaron O'Toole. Welcome to the Blue Skies Political Podcast. I'm Aaron O'Toole, the Member of Parliament for Durham. Welcome to another discussion of interesting things and topics important to the people of Durham and to Canadians in general. Now, I know a lot of people think that politicians like to hear themselves speak. They're talking and yelling in the House of Commons. They love giving speeches. They love the sound of their own voice. That's some of the cynicism that I've seen throughout my decade in politics. So today, this is going to be Aaron O'Toole hearing from Aaron O'Toole. So it's not the sound of his own voice or my own voice. It's the voice of another Aaron O'Toole. Yes, for people that like me, you'll be happy that there's more than one. For people that don't, yes, there's another Aaron O'Toole. And maybe you will like her more than you like me. So welcome to the Blue Skies Political Podcast, Aaron O'Toole. Aaron O'Toole, it is such a pleasure to join you. Thank you for having me today. And it's like looking into a mirror here on this Zoom call. (laughs) (laughs) Where do I find uh, Aaron O'Toole today? I am actually talking to you from my house in Greeley, Colorado. And you have a pretty good setup and you're, you're very conversant in this because you are in media. You are on KUNC, an NPR affiliate in Colorado. So you work in media. What's your background? Did you grow up in Colorado? And what path brought you to radio? I'm actually from Ohio. I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, which is you know kind of around Columbus and Cincinnati. Um, my father worked at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base his entire career. And I don't, I can't remember exactly what year it was the early nineties. I got into commercial radio somehow. I used to work um, at a country radio station, if you can believe that. And from there, um, after a few years doing that, I moved to Southern California where I lived in San Bernardino and began my career in public radio, working for an NPR station out there. I had always really loved journalism, but I wasn't in it. So I went back to school, got a degree in communications and 
worked uh, hosting Morning Edition the entire time. Moved to Greeley, Colorado in 2009, where I've been here ever since. And, uh, and I love it. That's kind of a brief story of my journey. And at the station, you do a mixture of reporting and producing, and that would be your mixture. So some on air, some preparation of the shows that are on air. That's right. That's right. I do a lot of interviews. I do a lot of talking to people just like we're doing right now. But it's, it's unusual to be on the other end of the conversation. So this is, this is fun. No, well, you and I go way back. Uh, to, <laughs> All to the way back to 2020. <laughs> 2020, when when I ran for leader, but we'll get into that in a moment. But I don't know if I ever told you, in the 90s, I had a radio program on CFRC in Kingston, Ontario at university. So what? yet another strange parallel between the Aaron O'Toole's of the world. Um, but look, we're not going to... amazing. It, it is amazing. So when did you uh, uncover this other Aaron O'Toole up in the great white north and maybe give our listeners kind of a fun look at uh, when we discovered each other? Sure. Yes. In case anyone is listening to this and, and thinking, I've never heard of this person, what is going on? In August of 2020, I was getting up having coffee, starting my day on a Monday morning, minding my own business, watching my dogs play in the yard. And I happened to be looking at my phone and I got a bunch of Twitter notifications, maybe 10, 11, 12 in a row. I'm not, I've been on Twitter for a long time, but I'm not that popular on Twitter. And I thought, what is going on? And I started to look at the messages and saw a couple of congratulations and a couple of oh no, we're in trouble. It's Aaron O'Toole. And I I had to do a little bit of digging and I realized, oh my gosh, there is a, another Aaron O'Toole in Canada who was just elected to this major leadership position with the Conservative Party. That's that's how it all began. That's how it, so I guess, I can't remember at the time if I did this or not, but I guess I should apologize for, <laughs> for some of the notes that would have been, oh no, Aaron O'Toole, we must stop you. What are you doing? Um, was there at least enough congratulations and positives to balance off the, the negatives? I got to say it was more negatives. but <laughs> oh, Heartbreaking. I think my thought is the people who wanted to congratulate you knew that your Twitter handle was at Aaron O'Toole. And the people who were just angrily dashing off a message mistakenly pulled up at Aaron O'Toole one. Wow. Simple mistake. Well, simple mistake. And you, you mean there's angry people on Twitter? You know, this is new to me. This is new to me. But you I guess- need to shock you. <laughs> I guess Elon Musk will sort all that out and make it a really nice kumbaya, kumbaya sort of platform. But what was also a bit crazy, other than our shared namesake, uh, we also share a birthday. Yes. I have to say, after all of this started unfolding, and by the way, my, my phone started overheating that day from all of these notifications. And I just kind of started Googling around and I looked up the Honorable Aaron O'Toole and it, it was really on your Wikipedia page. And I just thought, that's amazing. We share the same birthday, January 22nd. Wow. What a, what an odd connection. And it, it is. And I remember when um, the media first alerted to us, to a radio host in uh, in the United States with the same name, uh, same birthday. And there was a lot of interest. So you did some interviews off the top. And then um, 
you and I did a sit down interview, Aaron O'Toole versus Aaron O'Toole. That was quite a bit of fun. That was so much fun. And I have to say, it was really nice to, to learn a bit more about you and to just understand that we have, our countries have a lot of things in common. Um, you know, I think you quoted Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau saying that, you know, being in Canada is like sleeping next to an elephant or something like that. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. completely messing up the quote. Um, but I had never really thought about, you know, us and being so closely aligned. And uh, yeah, it was just really nice. I, I was very glad that your people reached out. Uh, I believe you also mentioned something about per- being able to purposely send the Twitter trolls to my account. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were joking, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, enough of them certainly found me as well. Um, that's yeah. one of the, the negatives of social media and politics. And you encountering you and just the positivity you showed was one of the good things about social media because not only did we have a nice connection, not only did you get uh, a bit of negative, but got to learn a bit more about Canada, you made some interesting friendships uh, as well. I know there's a gentleman in Stratford who's quite prodigious on social media up here. You you made some connections and some friendships in Canada out of this happenstance of name. Yes. Yes. Brutal Star. I, I had not been familiar with his work before, but he's just amazing. I, I have to say he was, his content was so needed during the pandemic. He makes a lot of songs and a lot of social media videos about don't forget your mask, uh, you know, during the pandemic, he, his, he really covers a, an entire slew of topics. But we sort of struck up a Twitter friendship, which was really fun. Um, and we even, um, he even sent me a little care package uh, with a Peace Love Canada sweatshirt. And I just thought, oh my gosh, Canadians are so nice. The rumors are true. The stereotype is true. <laughs> um, but you're right, Aaron. I did learn a lot about Canadian politics. That is one thing. I, I had been to Canada before once as a, a child. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, everything is so beautiful here. Everything is so clean. We drove by a McDonald's and there was a wrought iron fence out in front of it. And I, I just was awestruck. But I had not thought about what was going on politically up here. As you know, in the U.S., there was quite a bit going on in the last, oh, four years or so. And Hmm. that does kind of suck up all the oxygen in the room. So it was really nice to learn about your political system, how it is that people um, get elected leader of the opposition and and become prime minister. It's very different from the U.S. It is. Yeah. And in fact, as we were talking off the top, Um, I'm a member of Parliament for Durham. That's how I started uh, almost 10 years ago and then had various roles added to my my, uh, political career. Minister, leader of the opposition. It's the same with Justin Trudeau. He's the MP for Pat Bono, but then he's leader of a party in the U.S. It's it's very different. You know, the president uh, will usually run from outside of any elected office and the cabinet are all appointed. So, very, very different. How how many Americans do you think really understand the Canadian uh, dynamic? Because we are that neighbor to the north that is very similar. We have the McDonald's. There might be a wrought iron fence, as you said. Uh, Peter Ustinov, the actor, once described Toronto as New York run by the Swiss. Um, <laughs> and we have the best of the sort of uh, 
frontier, rugged individualist North America with some of the European sensitivities, because as we say here, we had evolution from the United Kingdom or from Britain, not revolution. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think many Canadians or Americans really understand the distinctions and are, are Canadians not top of mind enough in the United States? That's a good question. And I I don't want to paint with a broad brush based on what I know, Uh, but I would say probably most Americans don't know about the Canadian system and don't really think about it. They just assume the prime minister is identical to the president here in the U.S. Um, Members of parliament, same as members of Congress. You know, again, I don't want to overly generalize, but that's my sense. I my impression from and this is just from social media, Canadians seem to be much more engaged in the U.S. side of politics than vice versa. Yeah, I think living uh, living here in North America, as we do, we almost have to. And the quote uh, you're talking about from Pierre Trudeau is uh, being in Canada is like sleeping next to the elephant. We feel every twitch and grunt. Uh, That was his line that he delivered in Washington. That, of course, is Justin Trudeau's father. And so economically, about 75% of our trade is is U.S. dependent. Our domestic security through NORAD, uh, NATO, we're we're so entwined, uh, friends, neighbors, allies, and family. But because we're the smaller player, um, we're often not thought about. And when we see decisions like the cancellation of the Keystone Pipeline on the first day by President Biden and and issues like that, we get the sense that we're not on the political radar. Is there anything Canadians could do to raise our profile, to leverage this friendship that from time to time, from our standpoint, feels like it's a bit taken for granted? Hmm. Well, as you know, I'm not a politician. So, (laughs) you know, my sense is that we just need to, mm, I think you could raise your profile a little bit. Uh, There are some obvious fun ways. I think we need some more um, maybe cross-border musical partnerships. I feel Mm -hmm. that we, there are some great Canadian musical artists that we don't know enough about. There's some great Canadian beer that doesn't mm-hmm. really make it down. And we can talk more about that. Um, I'm not really sure it's a bad thing. I don't know that you need to necessarily increase any kind of standing or leverage. Right now, I feel that the U.S. is kind of a, I don't know, a little bit of a circus going on. Uh, mm-hmm. You've had some things happening in Canada that almost feel like they were exported from the U.S., thinking about the trucker convoy in Ottawa and things like that. Maybe it's best just to kind of be yourselves. Canada is a beautiful country. I think the people of Canada are amazing and nice to a fault. Yeah. How how do we get more attention for that? Yeah, no, that's a good, a good way to look at it. We're, um, we are often obsessed with whenever Canada is mentioned in the United States, mentioned on television, these sorts of things, because I think we're desperate for the attention. But I think your point is, and I tend to agree with it, we have to be more self-assured in what we're doing, what we're bringing, not looking for the validation. Speaking of cross-border musicals, have you ever heard of the musical Come From Away? 
I have heard of that. I will admit I haven't watched it yet, but yes, I believe that is a, is that related to 9-11? It is related to 9-11. And so this, I think you're, uh, you're onto something here. It was on Broadway. Okay. It represents Gander, Newfoundland, where uh, many of the planes went when the airspace uh, over North America and over the Atlantic was shut down and planes were diverted to Canada. Some came to Halifax and I was still in the Air Force and I remember that day very, very well. Wow. I was there. Um, some went to Gander, which was a little town that swelled, uh, tripled in size because of the passengers who were literally sleeping on the floors of Legion Halls and in people's homes. And the musical was a great way to sort of remember that. And there's a lot of Americans that return there uh, to see that, uh, to see that connection. So maybe you're onto something. Cause I come from a way, I think won a few Tony awards and was a sort of a, a silent way to, to remind them that, Hey, we're up here and we're your friends. Yeah. What, what a beautiful demonstration. And I remember just reading about what happened about those events and thinking what kind of people open their homes to strangers who have been diverted in this horrific terrorist attack. Those are good people. I want to know those people. And yeah. I, I think it's a huge thing to tell. Maybe we should, I don't know, push out like a group viewing of Come From Away. I think it's on one of the streaming platforms. Let's all check it out. It's on it's on Apple TV. Not that this is a okay. commercial plug for 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 Apple. Not at it, all. It it, it 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 is there, and yep. uh, I think these are things that we have to connect. The last time you and I spoke, though, we also connected beyond our 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 namesake, beyond our birthday. Uh, we have a love for for craft beer, which is big in Colorado. Um, it is known for it, and you have tried some Canadian beer. Like we tend to take pride that. A standard beer up here has more alcohol content. So we always thought that Canadians were tougher than Americans because of our beer. Mm, I'm going to push back on that because Colorado is very well known for double IPAs. There's something called a triple. I don't even know what that is. We have a lot uh, there. A couple of years ago, a huge sour culture started developing. And, oh, wow. you know, so I, I'm going to put Colorado beer up against uh, any Canadian beer. And in terms of toughness, I will say I never developed the love for sours. There is um, something called a Berliner, which I call a gateway sour. Like I can, <laughs> if they all were like that. Um, but yeah, I think I, uh, what's your, what is a Canadian craft brew likely to be? Is it an IPA or is it going to be something else like a Pilsner? There's a lot of IPAs. And of course, mm -hmm. we had the influence from from the UK throughout our founding, Alexander Keith's IPA in Halifax really came from the Royal Navy, which 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 docked there. So you see a lot of IPAs here, various degrees of hoppiness. But you know, I was a a shareholder in a in a microbrewery called Garrison in Halifax because Halifax has a big. Uh, it was a garrison town, has a big historic fort. Um, there's a great microbrewery, a craft brewery in my riding called Old Flame, built in an old carriage works where years ago, all of the original socks for the original six NHL teams were knitted in this little historic building in Port Perry, Ontario. So if you ever come up here, I will buy you a beer at Old Flame. How about that? Yes, please. That sounds great. And when you come down to Colorado, I am going to buy you a 
Juicy Bits from Weldworks, which is a local brewery in Greeley. Um, we also have Crabtree Brewing, and Jeff Crabtree was, I think, one of the first craft brewers in Greeley, and he makes amazing beer. He, I, I am an IPA fan, but a lot of people aren't. He actually held off on making an IPA specifically because he felt like Colorado was at peak IPA. Like, we don't need another one. We don't need another one. Um, well, a lot of people are saying that we're peak craft breweries here in Canada because there are so many now. Yeah. Um, look, the the uh, notoriety or the, you know, the infamy <laughs> that you may have received from sharing the name, um, you didn't really leverage it or or use it, but you you kind of befriended the other Jason Kenny, who who yes. used his uh, his handle for a bit of that for a moment. Yep. <laughs> yes, he did. I I have to say I I'm a big fan of U.S. Jason Kenny. I he's somewhere on the East Coast, and he dealt with such humor and and sarcasm that was wicked. I, I just remember, you know, a, a mistaken tweet uh, calling him out about some kind of a, you know, terrible cabinet choice. And he proceeded to tweet a photo of a, a kitchen cabinet under construction saying, what? I think this is great. This is a great choice. And I, I really kind of aspired to do that. My my style was a little bit different when I got a mistaken tweet. It was kind of, um, you know, oh, hey, I think you're in the wrong place. And people would usually recognize their mistake very, very quickly. And were very apologetic. Um, yeah. It, if they'd taken a moment to actually look at the site, they would have realized that the female Aaron O'Toole living in Colorado was very different than the male Canadian Aaron O'Toole. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, people just type it in and it comes up. But that's our lives these days, right? I mean, everyone is in a hurry. We don't have a lot of time. And if I need to dash off a, a, an angry tweet, I'm going to do it right now. So, and I have to say it led to a lot of hilarity. So I, I'm not sorry. I do yeah. wish, I do wish life would slow down just a little bit. I do. Yeah. You know, do some fact checking. Well, and on that, you know, social media is really, um, you see a lot of the trolls, as you said, most of the messages you got were, were negative. Um, you see the, the sort of vitriol that can be on these platforms sometime. Um, what are your thoughts on social media generally? Is that adding to the sort of polarization of, of, of politics, the people just following and listening to people that they agree with? Um, do you think there's any cross-pollination? Because that's what I like so much about our conversations and probably your conversations with Brittle Star and other people is there can be some great friendships, but there's just so much negativity on there that I think it scares away some of these positive interactions. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it has social media brings people together in a way that was not possible 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it also has divided people into their camps more fiercely than ever. Um, so it is a mixed bag. What I have learned is you're probably not, you're not going to get through to anybody on social media. You're not going to change someone's mind. But I think, and I don't think you're going to get anyone out of their bubbles either, necessarily. But, and I do think one of the reasons that our interaction caught so much attention is that we did have fun with it. And I, especially during the pandemic, but also during all of the political turmoil that was happening 
it, people just needed that escape. They needed something fun, something that wasn't heavy. And I, I think that is why it just took off and really captured people's attention, at least on social media, at least for a little while. And so I'm really grateful to the role of social media just for that, mm. just for being a place where people can escape. Are, are you a, a doom scroller? You know, the term doom scrolling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, when I became leader, I kind of left the platforms um, actively. If I wanted to put out a tweet, I give it to my EA, for example, or my director of communications okay. to do that. And then they will give me some of the nice feedback. I, I can tell you over time, especially when I was a cabinet minister at the end of the conservative government, when we were getting unpopular and there was change, Mr. Trudeau was coming up. Um, plus I was dealing with veterans and as a veteran, the social media was taking a toll on me. I found it, I would doom scroll and I'd be angrier mm. and I'd have a few hours home with my kids and my wife would see the look on my face from just looking at the stream. And, and I had such little time that I kind of left the platforms actively. Um, I, I think the high users, the 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 super users, as they call them on Facebook, um, are are a real problem, and why we need more interactions like like you and I had, or you and Brittle Star might have had. It's also why, you know, you know, Instagram accounts run by animals like Doug the Pug, who my kids love, are, are more popular because yeah. they eliminate that negativity that I think people would love to see off the platforms because social media is generally positive but has been captured by so much negativity. Yes. I know you mentioned Elon Musk and the potential purchase of Twitter. I, I, I admit I am curious. I don't want to leap to the, uh, just, you know, the worst conclusion. Oh no, it's over. I mean, who really knows? Who really knows? I do know that when people try to form a a true kind of bubble echo chamber social media platform. I know that here in the U.S., conservatives have tried that with something called Parler. Uh, President Trump created his own social media app, which doesn't appear to be doing well. And I think that part of it is there isn't that other side. There is no one to clash with and, and kind of create that, that sense of anger. And, you know, I want to get into it with somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, and with Twitter, the big thing is people know that journalists are on Twitter. So if you can get something trending on Twitter, mainstream media will then write about that because they're all there. Um, only about five to, to 8% of Canadians actually have a Twitter account. So it's, it's actually not one of the more popular social media platforms, but it's influential. It, I, we put things out on Twitter now that Eight years ago, we would have put out a press release for my position, or we had a big uh, iconic hockey player, Gila Fleur, uh, pass away, a former hockey player for the Canadians. Um, most commentators would put out their condolences on Twitter. So it's such an important platform. What One thing I think that will be positive about Elon Musk, and I read this in his, his comments, he wants to verify all human accounts and get rid of the bots. I think that would be a very positive step because I've commented on how particularly uh, female politicians have received horrendous attacks uh, on the platform, largely because of the anonymity. So if you 
clean up the anonymity, it really does become the public square because the traditional public square, you wouldn't have someone there in a mask participating in a public debate, <laughs> right? You had nope. to put your name to your opinion. And I think that would be the first step to cleaning it up. Yeah, that could be, you know, that could be a game changer because I know talking with um, editors of newspapers who have basically dismantled their opinion pages, they've dismantled the comments section because there's nothing helpful <laughs> or positive in there anymore. Oh. No, I my my first, when I ran for a nomination as a brand new politician, the mm -hmm. journalists who wrote the story in the Globe and Mail, the national newspaper in Canada, Boyd Ehrman was his name. He said, I'm giving you one warning right now. Never, ever read the comments. <laughs> and of course, yeah. what did I do, Aaron? I read the comments. Oh, no. But nobody knew me. So there was probably only four of them. Um, right. And I do think people, even if they disagreed with you, if they saw you in a town hall, and I've done tons, thousands of meetings in person and in town halls and these sorts of things, even people that really disagree with you never get that vitriolic in person because it's personalized. Well, the more separate you are, particularly in the pandemic, and if you're anonymous, it almost facilitates that negative discourse, which is why it is so important for the very... Uh, intelligent and rational Aaron O'Toole in the United States to have an intelligent, rational conversation with the Aaron O'Toole. In Canada, we don't have to agree on everything. Uh, it sounds like we agree on beer and, and how fun it is to be on the radio, but conversation is so important, whether it's agreement or not. Yeah, I agree. And I I have to say, I really do appreciate the entire concept of your podcast. Um, and I've listened to a few episodes. I didn't even know you had one until you brought it back from hiatus. And this is how it should be. Um, a lot of people over the past, you know, 21 months want me to comment on my politics. And I, you know, I don't really do that. And it's partly because I'm in journalism and I think that I need to be open and respectful of most political viewpoints. I won't say all. There are some that don't deserve, but um, yeah. <laughs> but I also come from a family that's completely across the spectrum politically. So I'm very used to this. I love having robust political conversations with people in my family. We're not going to agree, but we have fun talking about it and I'm well aware that there are big, wicked problems in this world that need to be solved. And I think there are conservative answers and there are progressive answers. Um, what gets really ugly is just the shutting the other side down. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's really important that we can have these conversations. Absolutely. It, it's yeah. not sexy. It's not, you know, it doesn't make people feel, uh, you know, angry and and high on that drama. but it's important. Yeah, the endorphins don't flow, but it, it could actually get things done. You know, I find the more rational you are in politics, the more you actually get things done as a politician. Yes. Um, you're from Ohio. So of course, you come from probably the most important political state where there is a lot of opinion. I don't know if I ever told mm -hmm. you, but I was, uh, I worked for Procter and Gamble for many years and used to go to Cincinnati all the oh. time. Wow and ran into an O'Toole at the airport 
who, when I was leaving Cincinnati, which is actually the airport's in Northern Kentucky, as you, as you know. Yes. Um, Cause it's very hilly in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they asked if I was related to an O'Toole in Dayton at the check-in one time. And we have some family that went from Canada to Cleveland okay. and there was a John O'Toole lawyer, uh, same name as my father, that we had some relation to, but are you related to the the Cleveland O'Tools or? I'm not, but I actually have O'Toole family in Kentucky. They're more in the Lexington area. Hmm. Um, and I'm sure my father, Michael, potentially <laughs> flew in and out of there a lot. We probably mostly flew in and out of Dayton, but I I was, you know, we, we share a name and we share a birthday. I was hoping we might find the uh, the trifecta of coincidences. We 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 just did, Aaron. I think your, it's your father's day. Your father's name is Michael. That's my middle name. Perfect, Aaron Michael O'Toole. And I was in the Air Force. I never got to fly into to that base, but uh, flew into to some in Rhode Island and and Massachusetts because I was based out of Halifax. But I think the one thing we have in common is. The fact that we enjoy positive conversations and uh, and I think in this age, the more we can have that, uh, the better. And so I loved my chat with you. I much would have preferred to been able to have Prime Minister Aaron O'Toole talk to uh, journalist Aaron O'Toole in Greeley. That didn't come to pass, but I've really enjoyed this conversation immensely. Um, any final questions? What is... Aaron O'Toole have for Aaron O'Toole or any final odd things you saw about Canada or any questions you have before we, uh, we sign off? I think, well, one quick question. I'm wondering if you ever got any messages meant for me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> like, wow, I hated that story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I, 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 I warn you that, or I think I told you that I didn't get to see a lot of the direct messages. And so there very well could have been someone who, who didn't agree with that, uh, that report you had, but um, it probably wouldn't have been flagged for me uh, just because I needed to keep my, my mental wellness strong and didn't, didn't read the comments. Didn't, didn't read those things. Sometimes I would try and have, debates on Twitter years ago with, with people that I knew used their real name and, and sometimes they would send me a direct message saying, mm -hmm. I've enjoyed this exchange, but they would never say it on the Twitter exchange. And that's where I found that too many people are performing on those platforms. Mm -hmm. um, in my final speech as leader, I said, uh, Audi alterum partum, hear the other side. We need more of that, um, mm -hmm. not just in politics, but in in society, particularly as we come out of COVID, I think we're going to have more of these tensions and, and stressors. And the only way to tackle that is with a bit of understanding and you have to listen to understand. Yeah. Well, I'd love to know if this whole fun, you know, crazy time over the last 21 months, how has it changed you and, and shaped your political career going forward? Well, I, I often say I, I love Canada. I joined the military to, to serve it. But politics, especially being opposition leader, I got to see parts of the country and hear people's stories and people opened up their their families and their homes to me. And, and it was magical. And I got to take my children, Molly and Jack, 
-hmm. Rebecca and I on the campaign uh, trail. You can see we've got a little model of our campaign plane. So Aaron O'Toole's name was on a plane up here. Uh, I'm going to need a picture of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that is special, you know, catching crabs off the wharf in Nanaimo on Vancouver Island with my son, Jack, who's, who's 10. That was a pretty priceless memory. So while the result is not what I hoped, and while the circumstances of my leaving the post amidst the the convoys and and some of the division in Canada it has me it has me more focused on ways to bring people together because i think um i did my best to to bring canadians together in a pandemic election we won the popular vote but didn't win as many seats and that that shows i didn't do it enough but it it doesn't mean we still don't need to because i think we often look to the U.S. and say, could that be us in a few years where we have red state, blue states and, and kind of the increasing um, separation of, of families and, and citizens? Um, there's a lot of things we, we, we want to emulate and do, do better like, like our friends in the United States, but politics, I, I think, generally is not one of them. Yeah, I think you're absolutely 100% in the right frame of mind and on the right track with that. Um, because really, I, I think people who feel called to serve in government are there to help people and to make life better and to make a country better. And it's hard to do that when you're at each other's throats. So I, I, I admire you and what you did. And I know the outcome wasn't what you were hoping for, but you, you tried, you dared. Yeah, there's a great Teddy Roosevelt uh, quote about the man in the arena, a little speech where you're in the arena or you're in the arena with sweat and dirt. Uh, and it's easy to be the critic. The, the critics don't count. Yeah. Um, that's the way I look at it. And, and to, to get the chance to do that as a, as a middle-class kid who, when I was in the air force and really thought about running for office one day, I never really imagined I could, I could be prime minister. I, hope to make cabinet. So it's been an amazing journey. And now what I want to do is focus much like I did when I started on veterans, on the economy, on mental health. I do a big annual mental health event. Next week is mental health week. So these conversations are as important as ever. I, I can't send you a, a, a copy of the, the plane with your name on it, but I was happy to send a mug and some of the swag because it's it's not flying off the shelves as, as it once was, but hopefully it gets you some odd looks at your radio station where you they see you walking around in an Aaron O'Toole jacket or shirt. Everyone's going to be very upset and wonder, where is my, <laughs> where's my t-shirt with my name on it? Be like, hmm, that's only, only for me. I'm, I'm enjoying coffee out of this O'Toole mug right now. Thank you for <laughs> Well, whatever this Aaron O'Toole can do for that Aaron O'Toole, I have truly enjoyed another conversation with Aaron O'Toole. And I hope the, the same can be said by you. Absolutely. This has been so much fun. And thank you so much for, for having me on. Well, listen, Aaron, it's been a pleasure. And I do look forward to a day that we can share an IPA. But until yes. then, we will just have to drink our coffee out of Aaron O'Toole mugs. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Aaron O'Toole. And thank you for tuning in to another 
edition of the Blue Skies Political Podcast, hosted by Aaron O'Toole this week with Aaron O'Toole as our guest from Greeley, Colorado. Aaron is a reporter and producer at KUNC, the NPR affiliate in Colorado. And we share a name, we share a birthday, and we share a love for good craft beer and conversation. And that's really what the Blue Skies Political Podcast is meant to be, to talk about important issues like the war in Ukraine, to talk about our military readiness, to talk about mental health and a range of issues that are going to be coming down the pipe on the Blue Skies. But I think more than ever, as we're coming out of two years of COVID, we need conversations. We need to hear the other side. And we need to show that social media can be there more for just political scraps and virtue signaling. It can be there to forge real and meaningful connections to let people know they're not alone and to let people know that you can disagree without being disagreeable. That's always going to be my goal here on the Blue Skies podcast. So thank you for tuning in. Send us a note through social media or through email if you have a suggestion about a guest or a topic for the Blue Skies political podcast. But thanks for joining me this week to hear me talk to me, kind of. I'm Aaron O'Toole signing off. Thanks for blue skying another issue with me. 